Well, it's nice to see you, everybody. You, you braved this terrible weather outside. It's funny how people in other parts of the country look at us like we are nuts. I think that's because we're nuts. Anyway, today we're going to finish up our series on word, deed, and spirit. And uh, I don't know about you, but it has been awesome to study, to dig in, to get after some of these subjects uh, over this last two months. And incidentally, did you all receive a piece of paper when you came in, a gifts survey? Raise your hand if you did not receive one of those. Okay, you're good. Okay, we'll need that in a little while. You don't need it yet. Just want to make sure. So we talked about over the last two months three huge priorities for us as a church and as individuals because it would be weird for a church to have all these priorities and then for you to say, that's my church, that's my home, and then you have totally different priorities. That would be weird. The problem is that's how a lot of American churches roll. We go to a place because we like the music, we like the style, we like the pastor's jeans, we like a certain thing, but we're not really about what, what that congregation, that family of faith is all about. So today we're going to wrap up the three big deals that we are all about, not just for the last two months, but for the next few years. These are the marching orders that God has given us clearly. So uh, if you remember when we started this back in, in September, uh, I talked about three engines on a boat. And, and not about balancing the throttles and making sure that we're, you know, we're constantly going like this with all these things. But the picture that I feel like God gave me in my mind was with word and deed and spirit, none of those things should be hesitant, should be cautious, should be you know, just a little teeny bit of this, a little trickle of this in our lives. It's a little more like this is the picture that I had in my mind of, and if you know anything about these big racing cigarette boats, they have one guy that steers and then they have another guy that throttles. And so the picture I had in my mind it was the, the throttle guy just going like, Pow! and so the, the Lord is launching us forward in these three areas uh, as a church. Um, and you'll also remember on that first week that we did a certain song that you may remember from going to the roller rink when you were in middle school, and it was called The Hokey Pokey. And, and one of the key moments of the hokey pokey is at the end of the song, it says you put your whole self in, right? Or you put your whole self out. But really, the whole idea is you put your whole self in, and then you shake it all about. And so the idea is the Lord wants us to be all in for him, and then motivated and active being in him, and all in for him. And then the other picture that I shared was a friend of mine, Robert Weiss, we, some of you know him as W, but uh, he came to Christ, was a gambler, was kind of a crazy New York Jew guy, ex-taxi driver, you can picture him, and, and when he came to the Lord, he knew he had to be all in, and so he just had this picture in his mind of the poker chips are his life, and he was like, so Jesus, I got, you know, I'm all in for you, and, and that's, that's been on my heart more and more and more for myself and for us that sometimes we hold back, we're cautious, we're, we're, we're uh, guarded, we're hesitant, we're comfortable. And, and I think that comfortable uh, over this last two years has died in some ways. For Hopefully for Christians, a lot of comfort has just been questioned and, and been called out. And I think we became too comfortable over time. 
and, and you know, maybe we'll have more years like we had last year. Probably we will. And it's just interesting to, to know that the Lord is calling us to be different based on the last couple of years. Amen? Amen. Okay. So we're going to talk some about that today. So let's talk about word for a second. Hebrews 4.12 talks about how God's word is alive and active. I can't tell you how many times I talk to somebody and I'm like, so how, how much time do you spend in this? And how many Christians are like, eh, you know, it's been a while. So it's not that in their life. And so the question is, is it that in your life? Is it living? Is it active? Is it changing you? And some of that means you're actually in it. So some of you started doing the Bible app, uh, Devos, um, that we've been doing as a church. That's been really uh, cool. In fact, there's one this week that we're going to do called All In. And so staying with that theme. So watch, you'll get an invitation from me. Or if you didn't, reach out to me. It's Kirk Stratton DeWitt on the Bible app. And we'd love to have you participate with it. It's an easy way of like taking a step into God's word, right? And it's kind of the shallow end. So you, you won't drown. You can figure it out together how to, how to navigate some of this, right? But God's word has to be a priority. And, and in a time when a lot of people are deconstructing evangelicalism and deconstructing faith, a lot of them are tearing apart God's word in the process. It's okay to question uh, where we got certain practices and teachings that we have. Great. The Bible says, I mean, question. Bring this stuff, you know, bring whatever your, your leader says to God's word. But we can't abandon God's word. That's craziness. That will end up in a, in a very, very bad place. So I just want to say, as a church, we're committed to God's word and to the gospel being the hope of the world, not being nice to each other. Now, Along those lines, we're not going to be mean and nasty. We're going to speak the truth in love, and we're going to, but we're going to hold to our authority being God's word. Amen? Okay. We also talked about having the mind of Christ and what that means. And then we got into the subject of spirit, and that, that was pretty powerful and beautiful. Uh, I shared from John 7 uh, about Jesus coming to speak at the feast, and he said, rivers of, of living water will flow from out of you. We sang that this morning. And, and he meant the spirit. So he was saying, not you're going to be nice religious people. He was saying something life-giving to others is supposed to flow out of you. So what's blocking it? And how can we get that unstuck in our life? Then we talked about spiritual gifts. Uh, we actually spent two weeks on the Holy Spirit and then uh, I think two weeks on spiritual gifts also. So we kind of got after it, which was, which was beautiful. And we, and we went after... Uh, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. So I can't tell you how many times I've asked Christians, what do you think your spiritual gifts are? And they give me bad answers. Things that aren't even on any of these lists. And I'm like, dude, go look it up. Like, like let's get educated with what these things actually mean in our lives. And then we talked about deeds. Uh, and, and Matthew 5 says that we're to let our light shine. Not so we look good, not so people come to our church, but to glorify him. And then we talked about the missio day two weeks ago, the mission of God. It's interesting in Latin, it means the sending God or the sending of God. So just as God sent Jesus to planet earth, so he sends us. So it's not God telling us to do something he's not willing to do. I think that's fascinating to me. God never says, do as I say, not as I do. 
He says, I'm going to set you an example. Now I want you to follow it. And as his kids, we are sent into the world. That's why we're still here. So when you became a believer, he didn't grab you by the scruff of your neck and suck you up into heaven and, and perfect you up there. He left you here for a reason. One, to become more like Christ, and two, to bring others to Christ. Right? That's what, that's what we're here for. So, so if we're not doing those things, we're really taking up space. Okay, so vision. About 10 years ago, Stacy and I were praying about coming to Caneo Church and about being part of this congregation and what, what would the Lord say to us, where did he want to take us, and we had this phrase in our lives, a love revolution, and it just was clear. It was like, yes, Lord, through your spirit, you want to love people like crazy into your kingdom. You want, to, you want the believers to be known for their love for each other and for their love for their community, and that through that, boom, you're going to change stuff. I got to tell you, it's been hard because, because I feel like some of those promises, some of those words that the Lord gave us have happened. We've seen James Storehouse take off, and it's like sometimes we feel like we have a tiger by the tail, and we're like, oh my gosh, where are we going with this thing? But the Lord's using it in, in beautiful ways, and we've seen some pretty cool stuff happen with action and premier in and some other, but I feel like some of this has yet to happen. And, and so I shared on that, on that first week and on that second week how hard it has been as a Christian and as a pastor to struggle with, Lord, how come we haven't seen this yet? You promised something, but where is it? And, and it's interesting, I see that in Psalms also. You see David saying, God, what about your promises? Like, I don't see it yet. Will I see it in the land of the living, Right? And, and I think sometimes as Christians, we grew up in churches or, or with teachings around us or podcasts that, that don't bring this message. You might not see it in your lifetime, but it's still true. You, you may not see it the way you want to see it. It may not happen in your timing. It may not happen this year, but that doesn't mean God didn't say it, and it doesn't mean you don't pray it, and it doesn't mean you don't lean into it, and you go after it with your life. Um, I, I, heard see, I heard John Piper speak one time. Any Piper fans? So uh, always in a tweed jacket. I don't know why. But it's interesting, right? Yeah, just the he only has one. Okay, that, that explains it. So, so he, he said this, many of you will not see the kingdom of God come in the way you expect it in your lifetime. Are you willing for people to walk over your cold, dead body pointing the right direction? And I was like, wow, okay, that, look at that. Our faith needs to be bigger than our little scope of, you know, I'm going to get my, my job and my house, and I'm going to have my two and a half kids, and I'm going to have two and a half dogs. And there's got to be more. There has to be an eternal perspective. And so I feel like we're still in, we're in this place of, I feel like God's rebirthing some of these dreams that we may have walked away from or said, well, maybe he's not going to do that. And then, and I think God's saying, how, how impatient you are. Like, really? You think eight years is, that, is a long time? Like, are you nuts? I promised to do something. I want you to keep believing me. Don't give up. Amen. Some of you guys need to hear that right now. Don't give up. If the Lord has shown you something, don't give up. Maybe he showed you something 20 years ago and you gave up on it and you're like, well, that's not. And he wants to remind you of that and re-energize re your prayer for that thing. Uh, 
one of the first people who came to know Christ at Calvary when I was growing up, they'd been praying for him for 50 years. Wouldn't it be pretty easy to give up after 40? And you're like, this guy is a lost cause. Like 40 years of on our knees, like you're, no more. 50. And I think there are some that are longer than that. That's amazing. Okay. There were some very important teachings over the last couple months. Uh, a couple of highlights. I interviewed Donna uh, about the Holy Spirit. I interviewed my wife about spiritual gifts. You can find this stuff on YouTube. Um, and just, you know, maybe, maybe take a picture of that if you want some certain weeks and you want to know which one did I miss, uh, which week should I catch up on. Um, and we can also post a list of this stuff on Facebook or Instagram so you can catch up on certain weeks. But man, some of those weeks, so powerful. And, and I felt like, thank the Lord, it wasn't me trying to create a thing. The Lord was speaking to us, me included, what he wants for us. So I want to ask, what impacted you over the last two months? Just think, what, was there a certain week that you were like, oh man, when we talked about God's word being, when we talked about spiritual gifts as, there was something that God spoke to you. So just think for a second, was there something? And here's the follow-up, did you do anything about it? Because I feel like a lot of times God tells us stuff and then we walk out and we don't do anything about it. So if you're like me, at my age and stage, I write everything down. If I don't, it's gone. Like, I'll be riding my bike, and I'll have the greatest idea for a sermon for you guys, and then I get home and it's gone. And I'm like, shoot. So I've learned to just stop and write and go, okay. So I will even make appointments on my calendar of things God has asked me to do. Because life just goes, Right? We go back to Mach 2 and we forgot the thing. So if the Lord has put a subject on your heart, a step for you to take based on word and deed and spirit and mission and spiritual gifts and the mind of Christ, take that step. Don't just, don't get comfy. Okay? Amen. Right on. So let's talk about us for a minute. So where does a strong church Strong in words, strong in deeds, strong in spirit. Where does that come from? People that are those things. You can't have a strong church without strong people. You can't have people committed to, you can't have a church that's totally committed to God's word that's empty, right? It's not going to be strong unless the people in it are strong. So today we're going to talk about what is our individual part in the whole of a word, deed, and spirit Conejo Church. There is not another way to get there other than us committing together to go there. There's not, it's not, does this happen over there and then we get to show up sometime? We're part of it. And there's been a lot of changeover. I mean, COVID and politics and all kinds of stuff has happened. So we are different than we were two years ago. Some of you are new, some of you are old, but God is assembling a new foundation, a new core that he wants to build on and through. And he's going to reach people like crazy through you, and it's going to take each of us leaning into him and leaning into each other. Those two things have to happen. Okay, so we're going to have some fun for just a minute, and I want to have the band. Please pop up, and I'll take that from you. So band, would you thank the band as they pop up here? 
I think it's just instrumental. Yeah. You guys didn't talk about this? I'm just kidding. So, so you were given one of these when you came in. And here's what we're going to do. I, I've noticed this in Christian leadership. If I give you homework to take home, you don't do it. And it's, I'm not going to judge you for it. It's just, you know, it's just life. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to take five minutes right now in the service, and I want to have you fill this thingy out. And here's the goal. The goal is for you to have some clarity on what are some gifts that God has entrusted you with, because they're his. And then we're building a database of stuff so we can connect you with each other who have similar gifts. Maybe there's somebody you can learn from that's a little ahead of you in a certain area. Maybe there's something that you need help with and you're like, man, I wish I could understand this more. So please take this seriously. I, wanna, I want our database of our church to not be name, address, phone number. I want it to be who you are, what God's called you to do, and how he's gifted you to do it. And then our job as leaders is to help you do that. Ephesians 4, to equip you for works of service. So as the band plays, just fill these things out, and we're going to collect them from you in a minute, and then we'll email you a copy of it so you have it in the future. Um, but please take a minute and do this.
it, everybody. You still going? Who needs more time? Would you wave your hand at me feverish, frantically? Okay. going to walk around and collect them as you're done. Uh, if you're not done, you can just drop it in the giving box on your way out, and don't, don't feel like I need to rush you. Um, but thank you for doing that, everybody. In a couple weeks, we'll have another uh, session for those who didn't have a chance to do it, so they'll catch up with us. But I just, it's just been on my heart to gather that info. It'll be helpful to you, helpful to us, and it's part of what God wants to do in building us for the future. And one, one aspect of this, uh, I was talking with Linda and I was talking with Annie about this recently. We need to have some very welcoming people around and form some kind of a welcome team. So that's one obvious aspect of people who have the gift of hospitality, uh, some people who just have like this bright, shiny thing happening. Uh, we need to have kind of a bright, shiny team. So at some point, we will be putting that together. If you want to know more about that, reach out to me. Uh, John 17 says this, I've brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And that's Jesus speaking. And it's part of his high priestly prayer, they call it. So it's just before he goes to the cross. And it's one of the last things that he is praying. Um, and just after this, he prays for us as well. But he, he says, I have finished the work. What would it look like for us as individuals to finish well? What would it look like for us as a church to finish the job that God has given us? I think sometimes churches figure out what's our theme for the fall rather than how do we finish the job God gave us to do. So that's what we're going to lean into today. Uh, Ephesians 2, uh, 8 through 10, it says this, we're... God's handiwork, you and I are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Now, notice the context. You're saved through faith, not through works. And God prepared works that you're going to step into from the beginning of time. So he knew who you are, where you're going to be, what you're going to do. He created works for you to, to uh, kind of discover, right? Because he has a plan. Sometimes you feel like you walk along and you're like, hey, wait a minute, God's got a plan. And sometimes it surprises us when we walk into his plan and we see this stuff unfolding and it's, oh, he must have planned this from before. Okay, so your job description is some good works that he wants you to walk into. The question is, will you do it? Will you do your job? Because it's easier not to. Frankly, it's, it's more convenient 
uh, to just not walk into the stuff that he created in advance for you to walk into. And, and this, has got, this got on my heart and on my mind this, this weekend. Um, Stacy and I took last weekend away, and three things hit me over the weekend. I thought it was just going to be time to relax and enjoy, and it was. But Michelle's teaching about how God uses difficult stuff in our lives last weekend was powerful. Boom. And some people got some real healing from some deep pain from their past. The second thing that happened was I listened to a foster girl who was 21 share about how she was born in prison and did not have a house or a family until she was 18 in Ventura County. And it just kind of got under my skin, and I was like, how could that happen here under our watch? Like, like we have so many empty bedrooms in our community, and kids don't have one, like, for their whole life until they create a family of their own, and they often do. They have kids because they want to create family. That's wrong. And, and, I, and I, I felt like the Lord was showing me bedrooms and houses are kingdom assets. How could they be used for the glory of God rather than having kids with no home? And I was like, wait, what happened? And then Sunday night, uh, Stacy crashed early, but I watched a movie. I watched Free Burma Rangers. Have you heard of this? So you need to see this movie. It's a little bit violent, but it's incredible. But the whole idea is this family that got, he's an uh, ex-army ranger, uh, ex-missionary kid. God calls him to Burma. He takes his new wife. They have kids there. They raise them for 25 years within the, the Civil War in Burma, which is now Myanmar. And so they are medics helping dying people along with their, like, five-year-old. Like, hey, let's go help the people that are dying over here. Let's go help the people that are hurting and getting shot over here. And it's this incredible story of sacrifice and prayer and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And it's risk, it's faith, it's not boring, casual Christianity. And you might look at it like, that guy's nuts. Or are we nuts for not listening to the Spirit like he did? Because I feel like the new American trinity, if I were to say it this way, is safety and comfort and holy security. That's not, that's not the trinity. And, and God was willing to step into time and space and take great risks of pain. And here's the other thing that blows my mind. I'm going to geek out for, for a minute. God welcomed pain into his eternal existence for us. He didn't have to do that. He could have stayed comfortable and together and like not, not affected by our junk for all of eternity. He chose to step into our mess because we're worth it. People are worth it. So watch Free Burma Rangers. It will blow your mind, and you will step up your faith game this next week if you watch it. Um, we're going to read uh, our big passage for today from 1 Peter, but would you stand with me as I read God's Word? 1 Peter 4, starting in verse 10. I'm sorry, starting in verse 7. The end of all things is near. Can I get an amen? amen. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without what? Grumbling. 
Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Does it seem like the end of things is near? I mean, a couple years ago, I couldn't really picture how the end of time would look and some of the stuff in the book of Revelation. But over the last two years, I'm like, oh, it could play out like that. Like, and some people thought, this is the end. And I'm like, no, this is just practice. This is like, right? This is how we get ready for the end. So what do you do about it when the end is near? Do you isolate from everyone? Do you drink a lot of wine? Do you escape from the world? Not according to Peter. Peter says, no. Now's the time for sober thinking and action. Now's the time for prayer. Now's the time for love. Now's the time to use your gifts. So he says, the end is near. Get to work. Right? That's, that's how I would summarize 1 Peter chapter 4. And there are two really big ideas that I want us to talk about today that I believe the Lord wants to talk about today. One is this, we're to move towards each other, not away from each other. That's harder than moving away from each other. But it's better, and it's right. And the other thing is to find our gifts and use them for his glory. Because the time is ripe, right? We're we're getting towards the end. We don't know exactly what that means, but... I don't want to stand before the Lord someday and go, well, I didn't think it was really end. I didn't think it really mattered. And the Lord's like, I gave you so many signs. I, I, I spoke to you through my spirit. I, I gave you so many, like, like, you know, hints and prompts, and you didn't do anything. I don't want to be that person. So what does moving towards each other look like? Hospitality and love are the opposite of fear and isolation. There are still some people that are downright scared and downright alone and not using their gifts and not part of any fellowship, any meetings, any anything. And I would say, wrong. If, if, if the things that are out there, if, if, if you get sick and you were trying to follow the Lord, not, being, not, being, uh, not lacking caution, I'm not saying that. If you're cautious and you're wise and you're still pursuing a relationship, awesome. If you are afraid and isolated and not pursuing a relationship, not awesome. If you are uh, medically challenged and you have, cannot be around human beings right now, figure out other ways through technology to do it. It's not time to be alone. That, that's not right. In fact, the word hospitality means loving strangers. That's what it means. Yeah, but I don't know those people. That's what it means. It means you don't know them and you love them anyway. Have you ever noticed this? You can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. In Christ, you are family. Sorry. (laughs) You're stuck with each other. You are. And over the last year, do you know how many family members have chosen to disengage with each other and dislike each other and not talk to each other? We're still family. 
So there's got to be a way through this where we say, Lord, you are bigger than how I feel about so-and-so. Help us to heal. But we make excuses. Oh, let me say this too. I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone say, well, nobody called me. So there's this thing on a phone that, that you can do. And you push the green instead of the red, and it actually calls somebody. Some, I, some of you just needed to know that. Okay. Yeah, it's, right, it's, the, it's the button right there that's green. It, it calls somebody. If you haven't been hearing from someone, call people and say hi. Say, I'm still around. You want to get together? Don't ex- I think it's a lie from the enemy that he says, no one cares about you. Look, no one has called this week. It's because they were busy and it's the week before Thanksgiving and life's insane. And, and maybe out of sight, out of mind. And maybe the relationships that you had weren't deep enough in the first place. And it's time to change that. Because maybe before COVID, they were a little eh, surfacey. If they're deep, you will not have that problem. Now is when you say amen. Okay. So, but we make a couple of excuses. Uh, one of those excuses I'm hearing a lot is, yeah, but I'm moving to Texas as soon as I can. And so... I don't need to have relationships because, man, I'm just leaving anyway. Good excuse, bad excuse. How do you know? Here's how you know. You look in Scripture. St. Paul did not know if he was going to go to jail or death or be with a, a certain city for three years or more. He didn't know. You know what he did? Made deep relationships with the people. You know what that cost him? Tears. He would cry with them on the beach. And he would say, I may not see you again, but I love you in the Lord, and, and, and I know you love me. That's where we get our letters, right? That motivated half the New Testament was Paul taking a risk on people. Here's another good example. Who's our best example in Scripture? Jesus, right? Did he know he would not be here forever? Yes. He knew he was moving to a better place than Texas, <laughs> right? And so he invested deeply in his guys. And then he showed them the full extent of his love. He washed their feet. Those who would betray him. There was one guy at the cross with his mom. Everybody else ran away. He knew that would happen. He invested deeply in them. He loved them. And he said, go and do likewise. So for as long as you're here, and I believe God has put you here, so you can take that up with him, As long as you're in a place, serve him by loving others well. And the enemy would love for you to not do that because it makes a splintered, weak church. You know, we're parts of the body, right? Parts of the body of Christ. What happens if there's division in all the parts of my body? They don't really connect to each other. I'm a blob and I die, right? I I can't do anything. But that's what's happened. We're not strongly connected to each other. Okay. Um, Here's another thing I want to say about Texas. (laughs) Maybe your dissatisfaction with California has less to do with politics and more to do with you don't know who you are. Because you're going to take that problem to Texas and then you're not going to be happy there either because you don't know who you are. But you're going to be a little more comfortable and the neighbors will be nicer and they'll bring you pies but you still won't know who you are. Okay. Acts 17. 
Um, this is fascinating. It says God put you where you are and in the time in history for a reason. And the primary reason is so that you would find him. So it's not a surprise that you're in Thousand Oaks in 2021. That's not wrong. And, and maybe you're here forever. We feel firmly planted here. And it would be easier to move to a couple places that we have visited, but we're not called to that. We're called to be here and to root, dig in deep roots here and love people here like crazy. Amen. Okay, another excuse for not taking this seriously. Yeah, I don't like Christians very much. I hear that a lot. In, in fact, I struggled with that post-college. I was like, I don't even like Christians. I, I didn't. They just seemed hypocritical and kind of too religious and uptight. And I was like, I don't really, I like my friends who are not Christians better. And then over time, God broke my heart for that because I had problems with the church. You know what my name means? Church. <laughs> so every time I'm pointing at all these other people who are, the church is wrong, the Lord's like, I know you are. <laughs> and so I had to work through this and understand, okay, there are Christians who are not nuts and I can find them, and they can find me, and we can be part of creating a new thing that is, that is less funky, less off-base maybe. I don't know. I don't want to go too far with that. But a way of actually engaging culture with real, thoughtful Christianity. Like We can actually engage Jesus and people at the same time. It's possible. So I had to lean into that. And so here's the thing. Have you ever let the Lord down? Have you ever been hypocritical? Have you ever been judgmental? Have you ever sinned? Did he give up on you? Not yet. Right? And he welcomes us to, he invites us to be that kind of people where we give grace for others and, and we put up with their you-know-what. I mean, Jesus literally said to his disciples, how long do I have to put up with you? And he knew, just another year. <laughs> but for us, it's like, we need to have that kind of grace that we are understanding we're part of a family. And I don't get to choose you and you don't get to choose me. But we get to live, to learn and, and love working together over time. And it's, it's funny, some of the people, you've probably had this experience, people that you didn't like right away in work or school or neighborhood, some of those turn out to be your best friends. When you just give them a little chance and you're like, oh, I, I kind of I dig that person now. Okay. So the first thing that, that, it said, that we talked about from those verses were uh, hospitality and love, investing in each other, moving towards each other. The second one is using our gifts. So how do you find your gifts? How do you find your purpose? Uh, one, one of the things John and I talked about this week is your purpose flows out of who he has made you to be. So why does a bird fly? Because one day it goes, hey, flying sounds so cool. I should, no. It's in them. They, like, we literally, we have, a, we have a, a condo on our porch of birds. And so it's constantly changing ownership. So we have, like, five or six families a year nesting on our porch. It's really cool. But we get to watch the babies take off pretty regularly. And, and I didn't know this was going to happen, but I, I like to film them. I, like, sneak around with my selfie stick. And, you know, and I'm, like, up on this little, I'll fall one of these days. But I'm, like, trying to film them up in, up in the nest. And there was one day when the, the baby bird was ready. And he just went, <laughs> bombed right across the street. And I forced him out of the nest. He did great. He did like 200 feet. Because he's created to do that. 
there's a story that I heard of, uh, have you ever heard the story of Duck Church? No? So anyway, there's a, there's a um, in a town of ducks, there's a, a duck church, and all the ducks go every Sunday to duck church, and the duck pastor preaches to them about what is it like to be effective ducks, okay? And so one week, he is sharing from the Old Testament about how we can mount up as wing, on wings as eagles. We can run and not grow weary. We can soar to the heights. And they all clap with their wings, right? They're all excited. And then they all waddle home. That's kind of how we are. We're like, man, that was such a good sermon. And then we waddle. We don't apply. We don't become who we're created to be. Ducks can fly well. They can also waddle. Christians can soar and use our gifts and become who God's created us to be. Or we can waddle around and be religious, you know, busybodies. That's, that's not what we're created to be. Okay, right on. So how do you discover your gifts? We talked about that quite a bit at the end of October. So if you look at October 24 and 31, those two teachings, you can get a bunch on how do you discover your gifts. Mainly prayer, study, and conversation. That's more accurate than any test that you're going to take. Spend some time. Say, Lord, what are my gifts? And be obedient with small things. So we like the big things, or we think we like the big things, but not the small things. If the Lord has asked you to do something, and you haven't done it, why is he going to give you the next thing? If he says, I want you to love your next-door neighbor and say hi to him and get to know them, and then you're like, yeah, but Lord, I want to have this ministry to thousands. And the Lord's like, start with one, because I don't want to send junk out into the world. Learn how to love this person. We, we got to start with the stuff that's right in front of us, in your community group, in your home, here on Sundays, um, helping out with some people in your community. Just take a next step if the Lord shows it to you. Okay, here's another thing I've been thinking about that's, that's related. I was riding my bike yesterday. I was listening to a playlist on Spotify that's called Worship 2021. And I was like, okay, cool. These are like some current worship tunes. I'm going to listen to what's going on while I'm riding my bike, and I'm looking at Mount Boney, and this is going to be great. All the songs were about miracles. And I was like, hmm. So does that mean our theology is messed up? Because not all of life is miracles. I mean, life's a miracle. Don't hear me say that the wrong way. But not all of life is like, wow, ooh, ooh, right? And not all of our spiritual life is, ooh, wow, look at all the, right? Bang and glitter and all that. But, but I was thinking, why are all the songs right now, we sang House of Miracles. One cool example. So I was thinking, either the Lord is speaking to a whole bunch of people at the same time about miracles, about the power of his spirit, or we are in such great need that we're like, oh my gosh, I need something, and where, where can I go? What am I going to... I think they're both true. And here's the other thing that, that occurred to me as I was thinking about this as I was writing. I don't know if you ever have this experience. When you exercise, you think better. It's so weird, but it, it works. So, so I was thinking and praying, and I was like, so we're not supposed to just sit around and sing songs about miracles. God has already planted in us the Holy Spirit. And through the gifts is how most of the miracles are going to play out in our lifetime. It's not like driving down the street, 
gold dust is going to fall on my car and I'm going to go, wow, look. But what's going to happen is I'm going to park my car and I'm going to be heartbroken over something and I'm going to walk through a park and somebody's going to go, do you need to talk about what's going on in your life? And I'm going to go, how did you know? Or I'm going to call my friend and I'm going to say, you've been on my heart. What's going on? Well, I just got diagnosed with cancer. Okay, let's, let's pray about that because that's, like, that's real life. And let's pray that God heals you, your whole person, not just the cancer, but this is an opportunity that we get to talk about the whole thing. So I feel like God wants to do all kinds of miracles that we need. Some of them are going to be practical and kind of under the radar. Some of them are going to be big and exciting and amazing. But I would say most of them are going to happen through you. Not out there. It's going to happen through you. How does that sit? How does that feel? I mean, it's like, well, wait, I'm too busy for miracles. I'm too, I'm too immature for... But think about it. God's sending this message to his church. You guys need to be a supernatural church. The world needs you right now. So what's that going to look like? And, and I think that the most often way it's going to look is when I love somebody enough to tell them whatever they need from the Lord and to give them whatever they need practically to help them through this stuck part that they're in, and he's going to do miracles in relationships. That's what he really wants to do. Okay. So, so here's where this lands as I, as I wrap this up. God is asking you to be you. That's really what we're talking about. He's not asking you to be me. He's not asking you to be Len or Linda. Um, and 1 Corinthians 12 is a fascinating passage about the parts of the body where some parts we go, ooh, but I wish I was that. You know, oh man, that would be so cool. But if you were that, you would go, this stinks, man. I wish I was something else. The grass is always greener. So there's something about finding your part of the body is freeing and, and it's empowering and it's exciting and you get to use your gift. Some of you have gifts that, like, when you do your thing, that wouldn't make me that excited. But you doing your thing, God uses you in some powerful ways that inspire and build up the whole body. And then when I do my thing, I'm trying to grow into doing my thing, it's hard at times. There are times when I don't want to do my thing. But God still uses me to do my thing. It's different than your thing. It's not better. In fact, that, those verses say some of the things that are more hidden, some of the things that seem less important are more important. So you're like, yeah, but I'm just a spleen in the body of Christ. <laughs> Be the best spleen you can. I don't even know what the spleen does, but you'll figure it out. And the Spirit will use you as a miraculous spleen. You can, you can tweet that out. That would be good. So, so it, takes, it takes two things. It, it, it takes taying, saying yes to the Lord and leaning into him and listening. Lord, what do you want me to do? And being faithful with the small stuff. It also takes leaning into each other. And I, I want to say to some of you who are watching uh, online, we love you and we need you. We would love to see you. Now, maybe there's a reason that you're out, you're traveling, you're ill, you're whatever. 
but we love you. You're part of the body. So figure out your way to plug in. And if you're out there and you're still afraid, um, ask the Lord about it. Don't ask the news about it. Uh, don't ask the medical community for to be your primary source. Ask the Lord. Because the Lord wants you to be connected and to find your gifts and use them. So figure out a way to do that. Um, and and I, I want to say to each of you, thank you for filling out that sheet. That's, like, that's not the end. That's a beginning. And start sewing into and, and, and figuring out and praying into, Lord, how do you want to use my gifts? In the body and out. And, and we need to be a church gathered and scattered. It's like breathing. We serve and love each other. We serve and love the community. But without the huddle, we can't play the game. A lot of people try to play the game without the huddle, and they get really tired and really drained. So remember the verse that we read. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded so that you can pray. So we're going to pray as we wrap this up. I want to ask the band to come up also. Um, Incidentally, prayer is a new, I don't know if it's new, is a real emphasis for us right now. And I hope it's an emphasis for you. So on the 30th, we're going to be gathering in here again. It's a Tuesday this time rather than a Thursday, so we can pick up some of you that have been missing. Uh, But on the 30th, which is a week from Tuesday, we'll be hanging out in here at 7 a.m., 7 p.m., (laughs) p.m. And... (laughs) And thank you. And if you can't join us uh, at those times, just pray. Pray at those times or pray all day long. We'll give you some bullet points. But just seek the Lord on behalf of our church and our community. Seek the Lord on behalf of each other on that day. Right on? So let's, let's pray together. Lord, I ask that if anybody does not know you, that that would change today. That would change right now. That, Lord, you would show our deep need of you, Jesus, that that we can't go through life without you there. That doesn't make sense. You came to save us, to rescue us, to empower us, to send us, to make our lives matter. We want our lives to matter. And Lord, I ask that you would rescue uh, some people who are listening, some people who are watching this from being alone, spiritually, from thinking that they are, uh, that they are the God of their life. That's not how life works. So right now, if that's you, just say, Jesus, I've been in charge, and it's time for you to be in charge. And I offer up the good, the bad, the ugly of who I am, because I know I need you. Please take away my sin. Thank you for coming and living and dying. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your resurrection life. And I ask that you would save me, and I ask that you would send me and empower me. Help me to be like you. Help me to live for you. And just turn away from the old life and give him your whole self and live a new life in him. And if you prayed that, let us know. We, we want to know in the, in the chat on Facebook or call us or talk to one of us after the service. We would love to know that you are getting things right with the Lord today. And let's keep praying. Lord, everything we have is yours. Every gift. It's a gift. It's, it's what you call it. It's a It's from your grace. It's not ours. It's not our abilities. It's something that you've given us to steward and use well. Lord, we give our gifts back to you. We ask that you would use them, develop them, allow us to use them for your glory. 
Lord, I ask that you'd connect us together as your body on earth. Lord, remove divisions even within our own church family. In Jesus' name, bring healing, bring help. And Lord, I ask that you'd give us great grace for each other because you have great grace for us. We can't even come close to that. But Lord, I ask that you'd build the gift of hospitality and Lord, that you would bind us together in the bond of peace and love through your spirit, that we'd be a loving and serving and lit up community of people that someone would want to join. Help us to be a family that people need and a family that people want. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would send us out, not just today, but send us out in our lives to show others how powerful, how close, how real, how practical, how loving you are. And Lord, change our world through your spirit in us. Amen.